0: welcome to the show welcome to copy that a show about learning on the creative side of things i'm your host dan portnoy thanks for being here i um, want to give you a quick update on some guests we've got music producer and songwriter busby screenwriter of the john wick movies Derek kolstad as well as author and book expert tim grahl coming up in just the next few episodes do you want to uh, stick around for that. Um, also, want to just talk with you quickly. A few weeks back, Anthony Bourdain, the Johnny Cash of the Kitchen, a man very open about his internal life, um, he took his own life, and it, it felt actually like I lost a friend. I don't know if you felt the same way. Um, I know it's outlandish, but he had such a way of communicating and giving us like an insider's look at food and travel, and he wasn't afraid to call bullcrap on somebody. And I think that's a really great thing. Well, when I heard the news... Um, of his passing i it kind of hit me like a ton of bricks, and uh as a result, I reached out to several people uh regarding the intersection of creative personality and suicide and uh as a result uh we 're going to do an episode actually on that specific uh topic because um i 've never met anybody that is uh you know is doing creative work that isn 't dealing with ups and downs, and i think I think ups and downs are just life, you know, but I think uh the sway could be a little more extreme uh, depending on the work. And so I'm curious to find out if that's, if that's just me, if that's just the way I see things, or if that's an actual uh, legit uh, piece. And Chuck Rogers is going to join us for that. He's a licensed therapist, and we're going to be talking about um, strategies and mental states to help uh, combat such things. So um, I just want to thank you guys for subscribing, and thanks for your encouragement, your messages um, about the podcast. I really appreciate it. Um, today on the show we have Josh Myers. He's a producer, he's a composer, and he's responsible for the Sinecue Music Library. Um, I've worked with him uh several times over the last 10 years, uh commercials and promos and um just music for all, all sorts of things, short films, um, and he's been super great to work with. So I ha- wanted to have him on the show to have him share about what he does. Um he's worked with Jeremy Enoch, Rosie Thomas, Unwood Sailor and uh he's been making music for about 20 years so let's get into it talk with Josh well Josh Myers welcome to the show thanks so much for being here
1: thanks Dan I'm excited to be here
0: <laughs> great um okay so so let's <laughs> let's just jump right in so so I think you do this this crazy magical thing and you are able to evoke emotion with music uh through film score and tv shows and commercial uh music how did you even get started in such a thing
1: i um well i grew up in a in a house that was very musical mom was a piano teacher um i i played in bands with my brother growing up um and like when i was 20 or so i um i got really into film music i just um danny elfman specifically and the tim burton movies um and uh i just kind of got obsessed with it bought a keyboard and started like playing just like all the orchestral sounds on it and kind of writing and recording my own versions of of that style and um i just i don't know it was just like i i i felt like i was kind of good at it and i didn't really have any better ideas so i um just decided to make a go of it and um enrolled in a music program at a college in my in my area in the bay area and um looking back i didn't really nothing i really learned there applies to what i'm doing now unfortunately it was like a classical focused music program like very um just just focused on the classics in fact my composition teacher there when i told him that i wanted to do film music kind of like raised an eyebrow and was just like well i don't why are you here like this is not this is not what we do here so i in hindsight it probably wasn't the best institution for me to enroll in but um you know it it set me up for um at least gaining a better understanding of music and um and instilling like a work ethic uh, that would definitely translate to the next phase of my life, which was moving to LA. Um, and I actually moved in with Mike Busby. When I first got there, we were child friends. We were just talking about him. And he had just met a film composer at a party or something and put me in touch with him. And uh, I went in for an interview. He hired me on the spot um to just to be an intern uh unpaid intern um i think i did like coffee runs and lunch runs for about six months and then um they started getting busy they uh threw me a couple a couple jobs and eventually hired me full-time and uh my first real gig was a saturday morning cartoon that they just didn't have time for it was it was two guys uh, partners that owned the studio no way. um basically yeah yeah that was my first job a saturday morning cartoon which was like um one of the most intense things i've ever done to this day it's just like wall-to-wall music a weekly you know production schedule and just every style of music you can possibly think of like thrown into one Twenty minute episode, twenty two minute episode. Yeah. It was
0: wow.
1: it was so fun, but um
0: What was the oh, name of the show?
1: Phantom Investigators on the WB.
0: Phantom Investigators. I don't think I know.
1: Yeah. It wouldn't. It got cancelled pretty quickly. Oh. But. all right. <laughs> yeah, I think I we did one season, it was like eight episodes or something before they oh, wow. before they yanked it. Wow. But I thought it was good. Fun. I well there's it.
0: like a million reasons why stuff gets cancelled.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was it was it was like um half animation, half it, it was a mix of uh of medium, so it was like animation and then a lot of stop motion with some of the characters and oh, interesting. some live action even. It was it oh. was a bizarre hodgepodge of things but it worked I thought it worked
0: when you look to create something or you get a project across your desk I I assume you're talking with a director um you've got maybe a script maybe you don't I I have no idea how that works how do you how do you work in to get the emotion the emotional quotient into what you're doing or is that just part of the magic
1: I was thinking about this the other day actually and somebody else I think asked me this but like or a similar question, but, um, I don't have like a go-to set of tools that I use when approaching like a scene in a film, for example, like it, it's, you know, when you're talking to a director, he'll usually, you'll usually get some sort of, well, most of the time you will get temp music, which, um, is existing music that a director polls from um, either an artist or an existing film score that he or she places in the film um, that you can use as sort of a jumping off point like this sort of works in this sense but it's not really working here it might be a little over the top can we do something like this but dial it back Um, that's more often than not that's those are the kind of notes that i get where um, there there's something pre-existing that To work from and um for me like finding that the vibe of a scene or whatever like it's it's more more than anything it's just um sitting at the keyboard and noodling and um just trial and error you know playing while watching playing something while watching the scene until it starts to work and it starts to take shape, you know, like that's, Oh, wow. I don't have like, I mean, that's yeah. When I really think about it, that's, that's, that's how I've come up with some of my favorite things is just trying it over and over again. And sometimes for hours, you know, and taking breaks and coming back to it and until, until something feels right, you know? So um,
0: do, do you also like sit down and like come up with something like, I don't know that days that, you know you're in between gigs or or whatever, and you're just like messing around or you wake up with a melody or something like that. does that happen to you too
1: sometimes yeah yeah sometimes i'll I'll put it down i'll I'll record it usually it's not as good as I thought it was, you know, or it's so the the
0: visual the visual's really a key component for you
1: oh, it really is, yeah, yeah oh, wow. that's okay, I that's... think that's where my that's what I'm best at is writing music to picture um you know, I've I've played in bands over the years and made a lot of music albums and whatnot. But like by myself, when I'm when I'm at my best, I have I have I'm collaborating and it's usually like with with images. Like Wow.
0: that That is surprising yeah. to me because I would have thought I would have thought it was like, you know, you have ideas about stuff and you, you pull them from somewhere. Well, shows what I know. Shows what I know.
1: Yeah. You no, know, it's it's always I'm always inspired by what I'm seeing, you know. Sure.
0: Um, well, because and, and I find it really interesting because I think the a score is actually more important than the visuals. I think the music and is, is much more uh, crucial because that's what we're keying our emotions from. That's why you know when you when uh, filmmakers you know mess with us by dropping all the sound out, and it makes us feel weird because we don't know what what am I supposed to be feeling right now. And maybe I'm supposed to be feeling confusion, which is makes sense, because now I'm asking questions.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's, that's no, interesting. It, it makes me think of that um, YouTube video, Minus Williams. Have you seen that? No, I don't think so. It's incredible. Uh, it's episode four, I think, Star Wars. Um, the last scene, the, uh, the throne room, when they're walking down and they're getting the medals from uh, Princess Leia. Yeah. And it starts out some some fan did it, but it starts out with the music blasting, the exterior shots of whatever planet they're on. I can't remember, but um, yeah. And then they cut the music out right as like Luke and Han and Chewie start walking down the aisle, mm-hmm. and he, they uh, put in just like these really bad sound effects, like people coughing and stuff. But I mean, if you listen <laughs> to if you if you watch the original music, it's or the original scene it's just full of this huge bombastic celebratory john williams epic score you take that out and it's hilarious it's so funny my nephew and i watch it all the time because it's just it's a riot um but that's that's such a great illustration of how important music is to a movie you know
0: you said danny elfman earlier but where is it that you're finding inspiration you know musically non-musically what like are, are, do you ever just sit down and watch a movie or something and go oh they nailed that so hard the you know yeah. whether it's because i think like like dunkirk everybody said, talked about dunkirk and the music last year because of that rising tone that happened the whole the whole movie basically oh yeah that there was that oh, yeah. eternal rising tone or um uh, for sure and then a, a second side part uh are do you think that the uh Hans Zimmer blast has destroyed movies. I'm kidding. Don't don't you don't know, that. <laughs> um but I, it is funny how much that wow, you know, that inception blast has yeah. become everything now.
1: Well, I mean, he he's such an innovator. Like I I'm just, I'm a huge fan of Hans Zimmer by the way. Um uh, I mean, yes, he is being ripped off left and right and it's getting really annoying, but cool. um he nobody that I've heard has done it quite as well as he did it. And, you know, he'll continue to it. And he's, I'm sure he's already moved on from that sound where everybody else is still stuck on it. But yeah, but yeah, no, I do, I do get inspired from watching films and, but more so, I think I just get inspired by listening to music and yeah, mostly like classical and ambient stuff. There's a couple records I'm kind of obsessed with right now, but I, I definitely pull from probably uh, other styles of music more so than I do film scores. I, I just think it's more interesting to find motifs and stuff and, and other styles and try to create them in, in like a film score st- setting.
0: So like when you, what, what is somebody that like, I don't know, like you said, Hans Zimmer, who's, who's another, I don't know, composer or musician that you're just like, wow, I, I like you you would wait an hour in the rain to get that new album. Who's somebody like that?
1: Um, who am I listening to? Well, I mean, my go-to stuff, like when I'm not, when the creativity is not flowing or whatever, and I just need some inspiration, I'll usually go on a walk, put on my headphones and brainy now, like the yeah. old ambient stuff, music for airports that, that sure. era. Um, um, as far as like film composers go, like Max Richter is amazing. I'm really into his lately. Johan Johansson, who just passed away this last year. Mm-hmm um he was he was making amazing music yeah he, he has been for decades but um yeah um i love I, the, those are like the yeah i i identify with their kind of palette and their um yeah their their just approach to to writing and just it's 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 very minimal but very very powerful kind of kind of scoring um and then you know like into a lot of like impressionist era composers like Ravel. Um,
0: I'm sorry, who was who was that? It, it cut out. I'm so sorry.
1: Oh, uh, Ravel. Great. They're just like it's more uh, less melodic, not melodic at all. Actually, just like chords moving in and out of each other, and just like a, you'd see in, a, in an impressionist painting, it kind of has that same feel. Um, oh wow! I'm very influenced by by that style. I think. I'm, I tend to, I tend to struggle with melody, and I, I I tend to thrive with just layers and chords and pads and yeah. That's.
0: Tell me what is it that you're like? How do you set up your life as a as a creative professional? Like, what's the what are the disciplines that you know that have to happen in your life in order to uh, put out quality work?
1: Man, let me think about it. I funny to say this, but like frequent breaks, <laughs> like oh. I, I, I tend to work, I don't have a schedule, you know, I tend to work every spare moment that I can. And, um, and that's not a lot. That's not to say like I'm working, you know, 16 hours a day. Cause I'm definitely not, unless I'm on a project that demands it, which is few and far between. But um, yeah, when I'm on something, like let's say I'm spending a day on a, on a short film or something, I'll, i i get so much more uh firepower if i'm just like if i work for an hour and then i take like a half hour break and go on a walk or get a bite to eat or a coffee or something and then i I come back to it i mean that's i'm i feel like i take way more breaks than the average than the average person which which suits me it benefits me it it makes for a better product
0: so is that is that an add thing or is that just probably yeah, yeah okay
1: probably I think my, my sister-in-law and, and I were talking about this the other day, and she she thinks there might be something to that, yeah.
0: <laughs> there might be <laughs> something to that. Hey, you, yeah. what? Sparrow, squirrel, something, <laughs> I don't know. Exactly. Okay, so so there's that, but in terms of, like, are you, do you, so you don't necessarily start work at, like, the same time every day?
1: So I, I own and operate a music library, so I do have to manage my time between like the creative and the, and the, and you know, the administrative for sure. Uh, But I don't, I don't have like a set schedule, but when I think about it, I tend to do like the administrative, the license request, the answering emails, the uh, bookkeeping in the morning, and then um, take a break at noon, maybe go to the gym and then eat lunch or something. And then I, I try to, do like if I'm on a creative project, I'll do that the rest of the day, and it's until I get tired or whatever.
0: So let's talk about the the, the music library because that's that's very different uh, kind of thing. So you started seeing what a need. How did that even uh, start? That you just were like, hey, I know all these musicians, and everybody's putting out their stuff. Let's put it all together and kind of become a collective. And um, for sure, you know. And I think especially because what in the last is it five years or maybe a little longer that you went from you know, and like everybody did, they went from mailing out a whole bunch of DVDs or CDs mm-hmm. to like, Hey, just check it out online.
1: Yeah. You know what? It's, it's always been kind of a side project for me. I, I wanted to be a composer. That's the only thing I wanted to do. Um, but you know, when you're in LA and trying to make a go of it, you're you're going to make money doing anything you can. So it, it actually happened in a pretty organic way. I I had met, well, okay, that jingle house that I was, Talking about earlier, I got laid off in 2004. From there, they just, the work kind of dried up for them for a period and they couldn't afford me anymore, so they let me go. Um, and I was, you know, just trying to figure out how the hell I was gonna make a serious go of this music thing on my own. Um, I fortunately had just met a dude who actually remains a good friend to this day, and he was a music supervisor at MTV. And, at the time, he was working on Pimp My Ride, I believe. Ah, uh, yes. Which was a very, very popular show and uh, yes. for a number of years. Um, and I, I don't know why I remember this, but we were having beers at the Snake Pit on Melrose. Uh-oh. Have you ever been there? Yeah. And this has nothing to do with the story, but Judd Nelson, the actor, was sitting at the bar with us. And we were kind of geeking out about it, um but understandably <laughs> he yeah, yeah, but uh my friend Joe was just talking about their music needs at the, at the show, and he was just like, you know m t v does not pay for music, they never have, they probably never will um but if if you want to give me tracks, like this is what we need right now, if you want to just make make some tracks, I will." Not only make sure they get placed in the show, but I will diligently, you know, fill out the cue sheets, make sure they're accurate and turned in on time. Um, be- because you'll get, you know, you won't get paid up front, but you'll get performance royalties, you know, months from now. So I just like, cool, that sounds like something I need to take advantage of. So I started sending him music on a regular basis. And sure enough, I started seeing my ASCAP statements Grow. ASCAP is a performing rights organization that, um, you know, collects collects revenue for their artists and composers and distributes it oh, quarterly. I'm not sure. Oh, that's Alexa. Oh, Alexa. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I just was kind of amazed at how this weird idea that my friend had a year before was actually working, and I you know, I guess without really knowing what it would turn into, I decided, well, like, how can I scale this a little bit? So I started pulling my friends into it. And yeah, 10 years later, it's a 5,000 track exclusive library and it's still a side project, funny enough, but um, it's been crucial to the success of my business. You know, it's been a counterpart to what I'm doing as a composer. Like if I get hired to do something and, we just can't make the numbers work. We, I have something to go to that's a little bit cheaper and, mm-hmm. um, oftentimes just as good, you know, it's hiring somebody to, to, to custom music.
0: Yeah. And you've got tracks from what, are, what are some of the bands that are, who are contributing and, um, uh, just, they've got instrumental versions of their, uh, work on there. Who, who are some of the, the names that we might know? Yeah.
1: Uh, dude, it's funny when I think about it, it's kind of hilarious, but most of, mostly it's musicians playing for, you know, bigger artists. It's, it's their like drummers and guitar players playing for Sufjan Stevens, for example, I like his whole band has, has music in my library that because, you know, when they're not touring Sufjan's making money because he's a songwriter and he's merchandising and, and whatnot, but these guys, they, they need side jobs, you know? So right. like they, they're, they're composing like I am and, contributing music to libraries writing for commercials and so yeah a lot a lot of his guys guys from the shins um actually father john misty uh josh Tillman has some music in my in my library i, I totally forgot about but I, I was going through it the other day oh wow it's really funny too it's, it's 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 nothing like i don't know you'd be shocked if, if listening to his music and then listening to what he has in my library it's, it's kind of oh all right pretty hilarious Goo Goo Dolls, B fifty twos, I mean people Morrissey.
0: Hey, I didn't know that. Wow.
1: Not that's not me. them specifically, but their, you know, their bands. Yeah, yeah. The guys who guys who support them, right? Yeah,
0: the musicians. Sure. <laughs> sure. So so and that's synecu.com. Are all five thousand tracks digital that you can listen to?
1: They are. Yeah. You can go on, you can listen to anything without signing up. If you want to download anything, you have to register.
0: Pretty standard stuff. Yeah. Okay. So Switching gears just slightly. So you also are part of uh, a band yourself. I, I would just love to know, like, how did that even start? Because it's just so wild compared to, again, most of the music I know you for, uh, whether either in a production role or a composing role. Um, and then this is just so different. So tell me a little bit about Super Commuter and, and how it got started.
1: Super Commuter, it's, it's really my brother's project, my little brother. He, um... And honestly, he and our singer are responsible for most of the creative breakthroughs in that band. I, I kind of got roped into it. It, It's not my first choice of styles, um, to pour my heart into, but, um, my my brother and I have been making music together since we were kids and he's passionate about it and that's good enough for me. Like, I just want to be playing with him. So in that sense, like it's, it's, it's amazing. It's fun. Um, have a great time doing it. Um, but yeah, stylistically, it's it's a little weird. My brother writes the music on an original Game Boy, like the little handheld gray. Yeah,
0: I don't, I don't, how do you write music on a Game Boy? I've
1: okay, never understood so that. There's a Swedish company, I think they're Swedish, they're called Little Sound DJ. And um, developed years and years ago, they developed uh, a cartridge just like any other game cartridge that you put in the back of that device, um, except this is music software. It's um, And it, what it does is it accesses the onboard sounds that the Game Boy just has built in, which are eight bit, very lo-fi, 8-bit, um, video gamey types of sounds. I mean, you hear any sound that comes out of that thing, it's undeniably like... T- it'll take you back to your childhood. Yeah, it's I was to say Nintendo it's 1985 yeah. as a sound. Yeah, sure, yeah. So, with that cartridge and with that software, you know, you can you load it up and it's you can access the sounds, you can arrange them. It's really tedious. It's I've tried it um, just for fun. My brother kind of gave me a tutorial, and I I I could not hang. It's just it's called. The method is called step sequencing, and you're literally taking each note um, and assigning different values to it, like pitch and length and velocity. And um, it's it's one of the most tedious ways of making music that I've I've ever seen. And my, but my brother is just so good at it. And fast, he's not and, just
0: he's not okay at it. He's amazing at it.
1: He's he's incredible. Yeah. It's 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 a really cool niche that he just kinda of stumbled upon and he's been doing it for like ten years. He just he just loves it. Um he does other stuff too, but like that's it's that's one of the most interesting things so about is, him. Is, is he, he the is he
0: the voice yeah. or is he doing just basically the beats and the uh the music and then somebody else is coming in with the the hip hop over the top?
1: Yeah. So it's, it's, it's mostly just him doing the music and I, I I contribute to that too, a little bit. And then we have a, a singer who raps and, um, he, uh, yeah, he, he writes most of the lyrics and, uh, I sort of piece it together. I'm, I'm, I guess I'm more than anything. I'm sort of the glue, the producer who makes it all work. Um, but yeah those those two guys, my brother, they're both named Andy um they met at Nintendo. They both worked at Nintendo at the time, and they were that's when they kind of started this project. They were both living in Seattle, commuting to the east side where Nintendo is um on on the bus over the five twenty bridge, um and every day would be working on their music, sitting next to each other on the bus and listening on their headphones so hence the name super commuter
0: oh that is so wild! i did not know that that's that is a fun little factoid right there oh man and then so there's what two albums out so far
1: yeah we have two records one we put out in 2009 the next one was like 2011 it's been a while but we do have a new one coming out that we just finished yeah
0: fun fun and that's and that's going to be what later this summer June 1st. Oh, June 1st. Dang. All right. Yeah. Sweet.
1: The digital's coming out June 1st, and you can pre order vinyl. We're actually pressing vinyl for this oh, one. Oh, fun. Which will be a few months after that.
0: Excellent. Well, that's great. Man, that's that's super fun. I really enjoy it. Like that first album, I know when, I don't know if it was just that I was new to LA when the first album came out, but I used to do it yeah. all the time. It was just so much
1: so That's much, awesome. So, man. so much fun. Um, <laughs> so cool. I'm glad to hear that
0: all right well um we are now at the time for our lightning round are you ready okay okay so lightning round doesn't have to be a long answer these are questions based on the questions by bernard Pivot, and um here we go so what are you looking forward to in 2018
1: i'm going to vietnam this fall vacation i guess i'm i'm always looking forward to my next vacation that's all right uh, Sweet.
0: Um, what is a book or an audio, audio book that you've liked in the last year?
1: I just listened to the book *Sapiens: A Brief History of Humankind*, and it was—it's long and packed full of info, but really kind of cleverly written and very interesting.
0: Great, great, yeah. Sweet. yeah. Um, what is a movie that we should see before we die?
1: Pee-wee's Big Adventure*.
0: Good choice. Good choice. What is your favorite sound? (laughs) Laughter. And what is your least favorite?
1: I'm gonna go with uh, how about a blown speaker.
0: (laughs) Where do you find inspiration?
1: I think I probably touched on this before, but yeah just just listening to music. Um, Usually classical or ambient.
0: Great. And what is success for you?
1: Success for me is doing what I want. Living in a place that I love.
0: Right. And yeah. how do you vacation? You touched on this just a bit ago. So are you more of a relaxing yep. uh, vacation person or an adventure vacation person?
1: Oh, uh, relax all day long. Got it. I'm not, for a Seattleite, I'm not very outdoorsy.
0: <laughs> REI people are <laughs> crying, and no, crying. No, no. That's uh, not me. What, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt?
1: Farmer. Farmer since I was a kid. I've always wanted to be a farmer.
0: And what profession would you not like to do?
1: Pretty much anything where I'd have to have a boss.
0: All right, (laughs) Like a direct, like, uh, the guy from Office Space, just... Exactly. That guy. Yeah. Great. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Great. And what do you think is the best reward? What's the best reward?
1: When I think about, like, just celebrating a finished product especially something that you just worked really hard on with with like a film for example with the cast and crew at a film festival or something that's like the best feeling ever and just having it done and watching it and being able to celebrate that accomplishment is is incredibly rewarding
0: love it love it thanks so much for being on the show
1: thanks man it was fun
0: well, that's it for this episode. I wanna thank Josh for being on the show and you can check him out on Twitter at Joshua Myers. And I'll uh, put some links into the show notes, uh, both for things like that, Minus Williams, Star Wars video, the Dunkirk rising Tones, some super commuter, and as well as Josh's contact. Do check out Cinecube. If you are a filmmaker and you're looking for music, that's a great place to go. Um, And if you have any questions that are long form, you can email me, dan at portnoymediagroup.com, or hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at danportnoy. You can find us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. That is so great. Thank you so much. Um, Do me a favor and just leave us a review. That would be an incredible gift. Um, Show notes are going to be at danportnoy.com. That's our show. Thanks for listening. Uh, For the cast of thousands, my name is Dan Portnoy. Be safe.